why don't we grab our seats? And I'm so excited. Uh, we have Monica Silva on stage right here. Come on, somebody. And she's going to be singing a song to help us with our Jesus and Music series. Really excited. And uh, like I said earlier, rumor has it, part of it is going to be in Portuguese. So, obrigada. And uh, God bless you. And <laughs> yeah, Yes, yes, yes. But before we get into that, I just want to say again, welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Pradeep, and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, yeah, we've been meeting in the W for like three weeks right now, and I'm just like amazed at all God is doing. And I, I want to let you know about a few things before we get into this. First of all, next week is Mother's Day, and bring your moms, all right? Or <laughs> moms, bring people around. If you're a mom, you have the ultimate card. You can just say, hey, it's Mother's Day. You're going to church with me. Okay, because every mom is getting a free bouquet of flowers. Come on, somebody. It, it's amazing. And we know we're going to make a celebration. We know it can be a hard day for some people. And so we're going we're gonna to celebrate, but we're also going to pray. And it's going to be a real meaningful day. And uh, it's just so fun. Mother's Day was a blast last year. We encourage you to come out. And uh, also, I want to let you know, in two weeks, we have something called Unveil. And if you're wanting to join the Dream Team, or if you're wanting to get some free Kalos merchandise, keep your May 19th open because that night we're going to gather people, volunteers, the Dream Teamers from both services are going to gather and we're going to worship. We're going to have a dessert bar. We're going to play games. How many of you guys are at the Black Tie event? It was amazing. And so uh, join us for that. All right. Well, I want to introduce you to Monica Silva. Why don't you step up to the microphone? And uh, Monica has been with us for about five months right now, yeah, and, and been leading a small group worship nights on Wednesday nights, woo, 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 one of our great small group leaders, and FYI, if you're wanting to lead a small group, almost anybody can lead a small group, doing anything you want to do, go to kalos.church slash groups and let us know you're interested, but you've been leading a worship small group, and I just want to ask you this question, as we enter this series, um, Jesus and Music, what does that mean to you, how do you feel like faith and music influence each other? That's awesome. That's awesome. And so you're going to be singing a song. What's it called? Let It Go. Awesome, awesome. And so why, why did you pick this song? Has it helped you through a season of your life, or is there a specific lyric that's really stood out for you? That's powerful, and that kind of is a perfect way of saying what we're talking about in this series, the power of music, sometimes to articulate words we don't know how to share, and yet we can sing, and so I'm excited about this, so thank you so much, and let's give it up for Monica Silva.
That was great. 
Great job. Let's give it up for Monica again. Yes, you can go. Oh, man. Powerful. Well, I got to get back in the zone. Oh, my goodness. Well, praise the Lord. Well, welcome to our series, Jesus and Music. And this is the second week Noah performed last week. It was amazing. Or should I say a band called Rest. And Monica this week. Next week, we have Heidi Snyder sharing an original song from her children's album. It's going to be jazzy out here. I love it. And in this series, we're talking about the power of music and the theology of music. Why do we sing? Why do we articulate in music what's in our hearts? And so I, I just want to do a little demonstration right now. And so as I share something and say something, I want to let your bodies take over. Okay? Can you do that? Okay, okay, don't be nervous. <clears throat> All right, you ready? Everybody clap your hands. All right, how about this? It's fun to stay at the... In honor of Cinco de Mayo. Hey, man, I mean, I didn't tell you. Give yourselves a round of applause. All right, I didn't tell your bodies what to do. It just happened. That just happened in church at the W. That just happened. And so something happens when music inspires us. It doesn't feel fully expressed at times until our body moves, until our body is able to express what's going on in our hearts. Do I have any dancers in the room? I mean, music and rhythm and melody. I see some hesitant dancers. <laughs> You're like, are you going to make me dance? <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> but this is a, a reality we see in the scriptures. There are many times where the scriptures tells us to express the beauty of Jesus Christ and respond to the beauty of Jesus Christ, not just in singing, but also in movements, in dancing, in physical expressiveness. In 1 Timothy 2.8, the scripture says this, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands, lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. In Matthew 11, Jesus talks about an idea of playing music but not physically responding. And Jesus says this scripture as a rebuke. He says, to what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. And so Jesus talks about how when a song is played, it's appropriate to dance. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We've all been there. And there's this relationship with music and worship and what's going on in our hearts that demands a physical expression, a physical response. And so I want to answer this question today from a biblical perspective. Why do we dance? Why do we kneel? Why do we clap? 
Why do we lift up our hands in worship while we're singing? Why do we ask that people stand up? We're not just making it up. It's found in the rich truth of the scriptures. And I, I believe that this will give us a strength as a worshiping community at Kalos Church. And I want to be honest, though. I've, over the years, had a strange relationship with dancing. I have not been the most uh, aware of my body movements. I haven't always been comfortable in the way my body can move. And by looking at me, some of you have already come to that conclusion. As a, as a young man, my mom, she, she was a dance teacher. She, she, she taught this South Asian style of dance called Bhadaranatyam. Any Bhadaranatyam dancers in the house? And so she would <laughs> teach this style, and people would come over to our house, and uh, we'd go to a studio, and I'd play this instrument called the tabla, which is this, this drum. It was the first instrument I played. And they would do these dances, and I would play, and then sometimes they would ask me to dance, and I, I just was so insecure, so embarrassed, I would refuse to dance. I would just say, nope, I'm not going to move my body. My body, my choice. Like, you can't touch this. And so uh, my, my, my sister is a dance dancer, really established. She choreographs dances. And, like, everybody in my family, like, my dad is just so unaware that he will, he will find the most shy person at any dance situation, like a wedding, and he will just grab them and make them dance with him against their will. And it was like everybody in my family was so comfortable with dancing except for me. And so I, I created, like, ways, like, when you're at, like, prom or homecoming or at a wedding or a family dance party, I would create these, like, mechanisms to dance enough just to get people off my back. Anybody with me? And so I, I, learned, I learned this dance move. You can steal it. it. It gets a good laugh. It's entertaining. And then people move on really quickly. You just take your fingers like this, and you do the worm. Oh, look at that. Anybody tried? Or if you want to you get into breakdancing territory, I'm not a breakdancer, but there's a simple move called the turtle. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where all you got to do is balance, and then people are amazed, and they, they go on to the next person. Can I demonstrate the turtle for you real quick? All right, hold on. And this, this I hope, isn't just a humble brag, but I don't get many opportunities to dance in front of a crowd like this, so let's go. <laughs> Thank you. You can uh, put a shirt under you so you can spin, but this is carpet. So it doesn't, it, I know you're probably thinking by looking at me, wow, your upper body strength has always been amazing, but it doesn't take that much strength. <laughs> it's just, it's just an, a matter of balance, so don't be deceived. Any, like, you know, it's all, like, there's no respect for persons in church, all right? So uh, anyways, I've, I've just had this strange relationship with dance, and I've, like, always tried to plot techniques to get out of dancing because it was so, so embarrassing. And, and Jesus talks about this idea of, hey, we, we played these 
musical instruments for you, like, like the pipe, and you, you did not dance, and like, in, instead of engaging on what God is doing, you've become critical. Like John the Baptist, he's not eating or drinking, and you, as the religious people, you're critiquing him. You're finding out what he's doing wrong, and you're just, instead of engaging in what God's doing, you're criticizing those who are engaged in what God's doing. And then Jesus comes, he's, he's eating, he's, he's the life of the party, he's drinking, and now you're calling him a drunkard and a glutton. Instead of engaging in this life, like transformation moment in the warmth of community, you're, you're sitting back and you're criticizing what God is doing through his prophet and what God, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, is doing. And I, I feel like many of us in the church, we can get caught in this trap where we just kind of sit back and we watch what God is doing and what the people of God are doing, and we, we criticize it instead of engaging in it. I feel like some of the most critical people I found in church are people who have had a calling towards full-time ministry but didn't step into it. And so they just have a critical spirit, finding out what things are wrong, what could be better, instead of jumping in and engaging in what God is doing. And I, I feel like we're called to be a worshiping community. I feel like we're a community that thinks Jesus is beautiful, and I want to jump in. I want to be engaged in this. And I want to help us avoid this principle Jesus demonstrates and, and teach us how to be physically responsive in our expressions toward Jesus Christ. Because the honest thing that happens is we become liars when it comes to singing and worshiping. Have you ever sang a lyric on screen, like during a Sunday morning gathering or at a church gathering of some sort? And the, and the worship song says, like, we lift our hands, and then this is us. Lord, we lift up our hands. My hands are totally in the air right now, and I love it. God's like, liar. <laughs> or like, have, you ever, have you ever sang down? Like, I mean, growing up, we would sing this song, we bow down. I think I sang it last week, you know? But we're like, we bow down. You're like, no, no, you're lying. <laughs> you're, you're lying. Are we, <laughs> right? Have I, have you, who's been there? Can we, can we be honest? Where we are singing lyrics that we're, I'm so full of joy. I'm so happy. I'm totally dancing right now. Liar. And so I want to make sure we are, are, are like responding accordingly to this corporate, this gathering, this communal experience of worship. I mean, a lot of us, when it comes to physical expression in worship, we are worship liars, like I just demonstrated. We sing one thing, but do another thing. Or we're so focused on ourselves that we don't want to demonstrate physically this type of worship where we lift hands or dance or we sing aloud. Like, I don't want to be a distraction. So that's, that's why I sit still. I want to be reverent. And uh, these are some things, or uh, sometimes I feel like we don't understand the different kinds of worship like there there's definitely a way to worship individually in a private moment with God that's different than when we gather like this as the people of God in a corporate expression or a gathering here it's different ways of expressing during worship or sometimes many of us were like I just I just don't know what to do with my hands am I worshiping Lord would you do it again like I don't know what to do with my hands so so let, let's talk more theologically. So why, why do we, though? Why do we clap our hands, lift up our hands? Why do we bow? Why do we kneel? Why, why do we have this physical expression?
So I, I kind of want to talk about this theologically, practically, and, and emotionally. And so the first thing I want to share is this. Number one, we move our body to make known the beauty of Jesus. So that first and foremost, this is why we do it. We move our body to make known the beauty of Jesus. Sometimes I like to say this to myself, Pradeepin, when you move your body in certain ways, God is glorified. Try saying it to yourself sometimes. And uh, I want to I read some scriptures that talk about different physical expressions. But first, let me show you this video of different types of physical expressions we can do. Hey, let's play that video. <laughs> I love that. Did that bring some clarity? If you're, if you're new to this whole experience, awesome, awesome. And so those are ways we can move our body to make known the beauty of Jesus. But I want, I want to bring a little more theological, scriptural foundation to this. And so the, the Word of God, it, it's descriptive and prescriptive when it comes to physical expression in worship. And some ideas of this are found in Psalms especially. I want to read a few, and we'll put the words on the slides, but we, we see bowing and kneeling. Psalm 95, 6 says, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. 
and standing, Psalm 119 says, My flesh trembles in fear of you. I stand in awe of your laws. Dancing, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. Playing instruments, praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song, play skillfully, and shout for joy. Clapping, Psalm 47 says, clap your hands. Everybody, clap your hands. <laughs> All you nations, shout to God who cry, or with cries of joy. <laughs> I love you. I'm so happy. All right. Lifting hands, Psalm 63, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift my hands. So we see scriptures that, that, that describe it, but also prescribe it, talking about when the people of God gather, there is a command in the scriptures for us to bow down, clap our hands, lift our hands, to dance, to, to play instruments, both in the, the New Testament and in the Old Testament. And I, I think it's important for us as people who want to follow Jesus, instead of saying, what kind of worship do I like the most? we would ask God, what kind of worship do you like the most? Do you want me to engage with you physically, or do you not want me to do that? If you do want me to do it, and I think he does according to these scriptures, I, I'm in, Lord. I want to worship you in a way that makes you happy, not in a way that makes me happy. Because worship should not be just about us, right? We're worshiping God. Let's worship in a way that brings him glory, that brings him great pleasure. Amen. And so uh, another way we can remember this point, I don't know if this is appropriate for church, but please forgive me, but it helps me remember, and I like memory tricks, but uh, move your booty to make known the beauty of Jesus. Is that appropriate? Does that, will that help anybody remember that? Like, Lord, what, what's your will for my life? Move your booty. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lord will speak to you in weird ways. And, uh, you know, as I'm, I'm researching this and studying this idea of physical expression, it's so interesting that many times the words in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the scriptures that we read in the Bible, they are not just describing like an intellectual experience of worship. Most of the times worship is actually... The original word in Hebrew and Greek is a physical movement. So we see in English the word worship in our Bible, but if you would look at the original language in Hebrew or scripture, or in Greek in scripture, you'd see that it, it will say actually bow down. The word we're saying in English and Hebrew actually says bow down, a physical movement. The word rejoice, have you ever heard that word rejoice in the scripture? Rejoice, again I say rejoice. Uh, that literally means to spin around. It's a physical movement. Uh, another word that's translated as worship is like proskuna. I'm saying these totally wrong. I'm not Greek. I've told you that a million times. Despite how I look, I'm not Greek. But that word is like found 60 times in the scriptures. And I want to say this carefully, but that word translated as worship means to, to lie prostrate before the Lord or lie, lying down on your stomach. Like full reverence, full submission. And so it's not just like this emotional word that says, Lord, I, I just want to honor you. However, the word in the scripture for worship many times is an actual physical 
movement. And I, I think that's something we need to understand as a community, especially when it comes to corporate worship. We worship differently as a group than we do individually. When we, when we come into the house of God, we, we enter in with thanksgiving, with praise, with rejoicing or spinning around. When we worship God, we are aware of what's happening horizontally as well as what's happening vertically because God wants us to operate in unity. And uh, I love this. I love this revelation. And uh, as I've learned it in my life, I, I shared this last week, but there was a, a big season in my life right before I, I fell in love with Jesus and decided to surrender my life with, to Jesus. That I was dealing with so much depression. I wasn't sure I wanted to live anymore. And I was listening to this really heavy music a lot, like old music that you'd make fun of me for listening to, but it, it was just depressing me. But then I would play this Hillsong album, Hillsong United, and literally every day for about six months, I would listen to the same album, and I would just get down on my knees, and I would bow down to the Lord. I was like, Lord, there's so much weight on my shoulder. I can't carry this. I'm not strong enough. I feel like I'm just trying to lift my own spirits up. But instead of lifting my own spirits up, I'm just choosing to physically submit to you. I'm going to bow down. I give up, Lord. I am not strong enough. I don't have what it takes anymore. I can't fight this on my own. So right now, I just choose to surrender in my heart, in my mind, and with my body. So I would just, I would just bow down before the Lord for an hour every day, just saying, Jesus, Take my life. Take my heart. I want to worship you with all my strength, with all my soul, with all my heart, with all my emotion, with all my life. I just pray that, Lord, you would be lifted up as I bow down, that you would increase and I would decrease. I would just pray that over and over again. And what I, I found is that my feelings started to follow my actions, my, my heart started to follow my behavior. And this physical expression in worship was a tool that God gave me. Some of us, we don't connect with just singing. Some of us don't connect with just reading. Some of us, we work best when we move our bodies. We learn best when we move our bodies. Some of us, we love that. We come alive, and that's okay. I think God has designed you that way, to express yourself physically. And so... The second thing I want to share this is kind of that experience is this, though. We move our bodies to move our hearts. And when we, when we move in certain ways, we find that our, our feelings, our heart follows our bodies. You know, they, they teach you in, in, in so many um, social uh, systems and social ideas of group gatherings that, like, if you want people to be receptive to what you're saying, get them to unfold their arms. Because when you're physically closed off, your brain is physically closed off. When you, when you open up your hands, you're open to new ideas. You're open to new relationships like hugging. If someone greets you and they're like, cross their arms and they say, hey, I am so happy to see you. You're like, something doesn't feel right. You know, in, in group gatherings, if people point their feet away from you in a conversation, they don't want to talk to you. It might not be personal. They might have something else on their mind. But their body is already moving in the direction they want their heart or mind to move. Because a lot of times our, our, our bodies dictate our feelings. Why is this? It's because we are integrated beings. We worship the Lord with our, our heart, our mind, our spirit, all of our strength. 
all of our soul. You know, we, we have spirits, but we also have bodies. We have bodies, but we also have minds. We're integrated beings. It's like three and one. And I think God deserves all the glory with our body as well. And we need to start honoring our body in worship. You know, I, I want to read this quote from a pastor named Glenn Packiam. He says this, The gestures that correspond to emotion have surprising universal application. Sociologists tell us that we mark sadness by a slow walk with a downcast head and with halting speech in the lower registers of our voice. Anthropologists have studied facial expressions in various global contexts, including those of preliterate tribes who had no prior interaction with the outside world, and discovered that surprise, sadness, and other emotions meant predictable configurations of the eyes, mouth, and jaw. When you take those two things together, how actions confirm or redirect emotions, and how universally applicable many of those actions are, we may find in the Psalms practical wisdom for our worship. Clap because it awakens your soul to the reality that God reigns victorious. Sing because there is more to this life than what we can see. Shout because the pain is burning us inside or because the joy is breaking through. Lift your hands because you are empty, because you surrender, because God is on his throne in heaven. And even when you feel none of these things, you may do these things for the feelings may follow. Sometimes joy needs to be chastened by bowing the knee in confession. Sometimes sorrow needs to be shaken off by dancing in protest of its power. Isn't that powerful? And sometimes we don't feel like worshiping. Sometimes I walk in, even as a pastor, I don't feel like worshiping, but I choose to worship because God is worth it. And I choose to worship my way, my body in a way that scripture prescribes. And I, I love this idea. I don't know how to say it exactly, but proprioceptive feedback, that our, our bodies can control our emotions. And even just uh, practically, the benefits of dancing and movement, I mean, it can't, in decrease dementia by 76%. I mean, it helps with the aging process, and it's a natural painkiller. So if you're feeling pain, dance, just practically. And uh, I love that. And so some of us, we have this idea, though. When I, I come into this corporate gathering, I don't want to be a distraction. Like, if I, I've gone to worship experiences where people are, are moving and they're wild, there's not order, and I believe that when we gather as the church, there's supposed to be order in our worship. It's not supposed to be chaotic, but point number three is this. We move our body to be a display, not a distraction. We want to be, be a display of God's beauty. We want to glorify him in everything. You know, uh, a while back, I went to the, the potter's wedding right here. Come on. Sarah and Isaiah, they're just amazing. And uh, Sarah was a beautiful bride, and as she walked down the aisle, I, I believe it was your mother or mother-in-law, she stood up. And when she stood up, we all stood up. Was it because I was like, don't look at Sarah, I want the glory. No, I stood up because we wanted to display the glory that is Sarah. Can I get a good amen, Isaiah? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we physically moved not to draw attention to ourselves, but to draw attention to Sarah. The thing is, we did it in unity, and it was glorious. Then when she left with Isaiah, no longer a fiancé, but a husband. Can I get a good amen, Sarah? 
Amen. <laughs> as, as she left, suddenly, we didn't just reverently stand there. We clapped. We fist pumped like crazy. We gave a nice woohoo. It was awesome. Was it because we wanted to be a distraction? No. It's because we wanted to display this glorious moment. The same thing happens with us in worship. Yeah, we can just sit back and say, Lord, I don't care what the scripture says about worship. I'm going to worship in the way I feel most comfortable. And I, I don't want to be a distraction. I don't have to be engaged because I don't want it to be about me. But I, I think sometimes when we're thinking so much about ourselves, it's hard to be thinking about God. And I, I just want to encourage us, like, let's have a godly perspective on this. How does God want to be worshipped? How, how does God desire we move our bodies? And I, I want to challenge all of us. Let's not focus on ourselves, but let's focus on God and enter into this corporate expression of worship. Amen. So I want to play a video, and I, I just want to narrate the kind of worship and the physical response we're seeing as we play this video. And I'm going to narrate it, and then we're going to practice some of these principles might be super awkward, but as long as God is glorified, who cares? Amen. So let's play this video. So this is Elevation Church, and we just sang this song. And I want you to notice people lifting up their hands, playing instruments. People are lifting up their voices. And it's not to focus on an individual, but it's drawing our attention to lift the name of Jesus up. Band, you can come up. You can hear applause. They didn't even tell them to applause. It's because it's, it's, it's one group, one congregation. It's the body of Christ worshiping. The people on the stage, the people on the floor, they're, they're no different. It's God's people worshiping in total unity by looking to God instead of one another, but also being aware that my actions affect people around me. We can create unity by worshiping in a scriptural way. I love it. They're clapping, lifting up their hands. They're singing in unison. They're not even looking at the band. They're all lifting up their eyes to heaven, to Jesus. And when people are unified like this, oh my goodness, the passion, the glory God gets, it's amazing. When all of God's children play nicely together and have a unified effort, man, it's all about God at this moment. I love it. I'm so inspired by it. I'm so inspired by it. And so I, I want to see, like, not that we're, we replicate exactly what they're doing, but I, I just... My prayer is that we would worship God with everything in our being, 
our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, our, our bodies, that we would move our body to make known the beauty of Jesus Christ because he is worth it, amen? He is beautiful. And so I want us to practice this. So let's stand up to our feet, and uh, we're going to sing this song, and I'm going to kind of give us instructions for how we can do this, and the, the band will help us go through this. And uh, why don't we sing, and let's first, we'll practice standing. And if you're physically able, why don't you join us in unity? If you're unable, no pressure, do what you can. Like, like Steve Snyder is probably not going to do a lot of standing, but you can still worship God. It's okay. So why don't we sing the first verse? <laughs> Love it. All right, I stand corrected. <laughs> so let's practice standing. Done. Now let's practice singing. Let's lift up our voices. Let's lead us in this first verse. All right, so we're going into the chorus now, right? And so let's practice lifting up our hands. Now we're going to verse two. I'm going to practice some other things. All right, let's practice bowing. And if you're able, let's try kneeling. Bowing or kneeling. We're going to go into the chorus and let's combine lifting hands with bowing or kneeling. It's going to be wild. You're doing great. Let's stand up now. Don't stand up too fast or you'll, the blood will rush. All right, now we're going to practice clapping when the beat drops. Here we go. Clap your hands. 
Everybody clap your hands. Awesome, you're doing great. One day you'll advance to the microphone clap. Oh. <laughs> All right, now let's practice clapping and singing. Now you can throw in a shout if you want. If you want to bounce your knees, you can. It's okay. When I move my body in certain ways, God is glorified. Woo! Okay. All glory on you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We shout your name. Come on. Woo! Come on. Love it. Freestyle. Give it up to Jesus in this place. Woo! Great job, everybody. That was awesome. We did it. <laughs> and so we can worship God with our bodies because he's worth it. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, hey, I'm going to transition off the stage, and I, I just want to lead us in a prayer, especially if there's anybody here, you're saying, hey, I want to give my life to God. Like, as we were dancing and moving, I felt maybe something lift up off of me a heavy spirit, and you're just like, man, I don't want to carry the weight of the world anymore. I want to give it to Jesus. If you'd like to, like, start over, be born from above, surrender to Jesus, be forgiven of your sins, experience life and life abundantly, I'd love to pray with you right now because Jesus is worth it. The best decision I ever made was giving my life to Jesus, and I would love to help you make that decision right now. So why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads, and I, I love this atmosphere of lifting up the name of Jesus. And if you're saying, I want to lift up the name of Jesus in all of my life, in my body, in my, my work, in my family, in everything, I would love to pray for you. So if that's you and you're saying, Pastor Pradeepan, would you pray for me? On the count of three, would you lift up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'll just pray for you. One, two, three. Lift up your hand if you're saying, Pastor Pradeepan, pray for me. Man, I see your hand. 
Is there anybody else? Amen. I see your hand in the back. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm so proud of you. Amen. I see your hand. Three hands. Hey, I want to lead us all in a prayer, especially those of you who prayed this, but let's say this all at the same time. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? Come on.